I previously did this thing where I tried to introduce people to this book called Pedagogy of the Oppressed by Paulo Freire. And I did not want to do an analysis to it because it is a very complex, rich book. And I also did not want to make a summary or an oversimplification of how complex and how complicated and yet very interesting its ideas are. Because even if I did that, I think that I wouldn't give it justice. This book is this book has a psychological, social, political, mental, intellectual, educational dimensions to it that I honestly don't want to take the responsibility of ruining it, of reducing it to my own analysis. So what I try to do is to introduce this book chapter by chapter, chapter after chapter. Uh, this book has four main chapters. The the chapter number one, I I don't know if you guys remember, but I did this representation of chapter one by using a Bob Marley song. And in chapter two, this chapter is talking about the relationship between the teacher and the students. It speaks also about the educational programs. It speaks about how the content program are generally built and what's wrong with today's education and today's program content and how oppressive the education can be, how oppressive the program or the educational program can be and how oppressive also can a way of teaching that most of teachers are using today. And the thing is that with chapter two, when I started reading it, every time I was reading each word, each phrase, each paragraph, I was constantly in shock. I was constantly having my hand, all the palm of my hand on my mouth because of how outraged I was. Every time I was reading this chapter, it was giving me from a social, psychological, intellectual, educational, and political perspective. It was, it was, it was giving me, let, let me, let me find the, the, the right words. This chapter was telling me how oppressive the teachers, how oppressive the educational program, and how oppressive the Ministry of Education are, maybe without knowing it. The thing is that with chapter 2, it shows you that the most normal way of teaching is probably the most oppressive one. The most common, usually used way of teaching is probably one of the most oppressive one. 
teachers are nowadays oppressing students without knowing it. And so does the students, I mean, so do the students to themselves when they try to revise, when they try to study home or among groups. And that's it. I, I was thinking, what was the best way for me to represent chapter two, to represent these ideas? I, I figured out an idea and I thought of using a movie, a movie called Dangerous Minds, who was released back in the 90s, I think, middle I think it's late 90s and this movie is about a teacher she was in the marines and then she at some point stopped it being a marine and she had this opportunity to teach some high school students and these high school students some of them are black people some of them are latino or hispanic and some of them are white by but they all have something in common is that they come from environment families of precarity of i mean when i say precarity i mean these people all these students come come from maybe middle class or lower middle class or lower middle class or uh, lower middle social class so they were living in poverty they were discriminated they were marginalized they were put aside because they were black and they were hispanic or simply because they did not come from a rich environment so that's it and i thought that using this movie using this teacher using this character of this teacher and using this relationship that this teacher has with her students and using her way of teaching is a way to illustrate what it is to have an oppressive program, an oppressive way of teaching. And this teacher actually is quite the opposite of what Paulo Freire is trying to talk about in his book and in this chapter two. And uh, before starting the episode, I would like to tell you something that I said before. Please do not take this episode and please do not take this representation as a summary of the book. The only way for you to know what is exactly in the book is to read it. Do not think, I mean, what, what I'm about to talk about, it, it is just a, a little drop. It's just a little point from a big ocean. This is what I said before, and I keep repeating it. Please do not take these episodes as a full summary or an official summary. I think that the best way for you to know what's inside this book is to read it. These are just representations. Hopefully, they would give justice to the book. I will leave you with the, the episode 
and uh, I'll see you later. I mean, I will talk to you later. What am I saying? When we go to school, when we go to university, and when we try to observe the way of teaching of certain teachers, and when we try to also observe the way the educational program is being set, they all are often about opposing the students and teachers. It becomes more of a situation of teachers against students. And this is a characteristic of the ideology of oppression. This is what oppression sounds like looks like and feels like. According to Paulo Freire, this type of education or program and this type of way of teaching doesn't build a constructive relationship between the student and the teacher, but it builds a contradiction between both. It is no longer about the student and the teacher together, but it is more about the teacher against the student, more about the oppressor and the oppressed. And you could guess that in this case, the teacher is becoming the oppressor and the students are the oppressed ones. And if we also had to give it other names, it's more about a subject and the objects. The teacher becomes the subject of this type of education while the students are considered or seen or perceived as objects who undergo this subject, who is the teacher. This type of education is dehumanizing. It dehumanizes both of the teacher and the students. This education also reflects an oppressive society, it's a mirror of what is happening exactly inside the society. It stimulates this contradiction between the teacher and the students because we do no longer talk about a relationship when we have this type of education and this type of program and this type of way of teaching. In here, there is a contradiction that is appearing between the students and the teacher, it's no longer human, it is dehumanizing. And this oppressive type of education, way of teaching and an educational program, we call them the banking concept of education, according to Paulo Freire and his book, Pedagogy of the Oppressed. And this banking concept of education is considered as an instrument of oppression. It's about the teacher oppressing the students, and it's also about the Ministry of Education using the teacher and this program as tools in order to oppress the students. And I think that often they don't realize that. They think that what they are doing is the right thing, is the adequate thing to students. And this banking concept of education is it, it also it is also about the teacher dehumanizing the students and par consequence or consequently it's about the teacher dehumanizing himself or herself as well by dehumanizing the students.
This oppressive banking concept of education consists in few points, and these points are going to help you spot, identify any form of oppression in the program, in the educational program, in the way of teaching of any teacher, in the education itself, and whether you are a student whether you are a teacher, whether you are a student in university studying to become a future teacher, or whether you are a parent or somebody or anybody or any individual who is a part of the educational system or the Ministry of Education. Here is how Paulo Freire describes an oppressive education. This banking concept of education consists in the teacher teaches and the students learn and nothing else. When you think of this, you would initially say, oh, this is normal. This is what happens. This is very logical. This is very rational. Of course, the teacher is here to play the role of teaching and the students are here to play the role of learning and absorbing in inside the class but the thing is that what we don't know this is oppression why is it oppression we are going to come back to it later another point that is an oppressive trait or that is related to oppression in the education is that the teacher is considered as the only one who knows everything inside the class while the students are perceived as ignorance or as knowing nothing. The teacher is the only one who thinks and the students are thought about. They don't think. The teacher talks and the students listen. They don't talk. They don't discuss. The teacher disciplines and the students are disciplined. I know that when you hear this, you are going to say, this is also logical. Teacher is here to discipline the students and the students are the ones who have to obey and who have to be the subject of, I mean, the object of this discipline. But there is some sort of oppression behind this situational action. We continue, and then we will explain further. The teacher is the only one who makes choices inside the classroom while the students obey. The teacher acts, and the students have the illusion of acting through the action of the teacher. The teachers, the Ministry of Education, are the only ones who choose the content of the educational program and the students who were not consulted while creating this program have no choice but to adapt this program and to accept it. The teacher does not make the difference between the authority of knowledge and the professional authority. The teacher sets the professional authority in opposition to the freedom of the students. 
The teacher fills the students with the content of the program once they are inside the classroom because the students are perceived or seen as containers, as receptacles, rather than humans with a potential of understanding who are able of critically thinking. And the only task that the students do is record, memorize, repeat, absorb, and being filled and contained with the program that is filled to them by the teacher. And the more these containers of students are filled, the better students they are considered by the teacher, the educational system, the Ministry of Education, the parents, and the society. The problem with this oppressive type of education and this banking concept of education is that it is oppressive, it dehumanizes both of the students and the teachers, it creates this contradiction and opposition between the students and the teachers, the content program of it is lifeless, the education in this case suffers from narration sickness. The reality that is presented in the program and by the teacher is motionless, it is static, it is compartmentalized, and it is also predictable and is completely detached from reality. The only reality that the students have access to in the class is the one that is presented to them in the banking concept type of education and way of teaching. This is the only reality that is projected to them. This banking concept of education also turns the students into objects, containers to be filled by the teachers. There is no communication. And in here, education and teaching become more an act of depositing. The teacher is the depositor. I will not go down underground. Somebody tells me that death's coming round. Okay, this is another Dylan poem. Now, is that a code or does that just mean what it says? And I will not carry myself down to die. When I go to my grave, my head will be high. My head will be high. What does that mean? Anybody? Nobody. Is there something I should know? Yeah, I'll tell you. You write it on Raul, Guzmado, and Emilio. Yeah, you got Emilio put into detention. It wasn't none of your business, Chismosa. And you got Raul and Guzmaro suspended. How are they gonna get the fucking ass? And you got hey, me. I didn't rat on anybody. Do you want to talk about this? Well, if you all feel that strongly about it, leave the room. What? Hey, listen. Nobody's forcing you to be here. You have a choice. You can stay, or you can leave. Lady, why are you playing this game? We don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. 
You don't have a choice on whether or not you're here? No. If we leave, we don't get to graduate. If we stay, we got to put up with you. Well, that's a choice, isn't it? You have a choice. You either don't graduate or you have to put up with me. It may not be a choice you like, but it is a choice. Man, you don't understand nothing. I mean, you don't come from where we live. You, you're not bust here. Do you have a choice to get on that bus? Man, you come and live in my neighborhood for one week, and then you tell me if you got a choice. But there are a lot of people who live in your neighborhood who choose not to get on that bus. What do they choose to do? They choose to go out and sell drugs. They choose to go out and kill people. They choose to do a lot of other things, but they choose not to get on that bus. The people who choose to get on that bus, which are you, are the people who are saying, I will not carry myself down to die. When I go to my grave, my head will be high. That is a choice. There are no victims in this classroom. Why do you care anyway? You just here for the money? Because I make a choice to care. And honey, the money ain't that good. Whatever. The conversation you just heard is a conversation between the teacher and the students in the movie Dangerous Minds. The character of Lou, who is the teacher in the film, she is the opposite of the teacher in the oppressive banking concept of education. What makes her different from this oppressive banking concept of teaching is that she chooses to communicate with her students. She asks them questions to make them adopt the information. She gives them the space to critically deal with the information instead of feeling them constantly in a passive way with the content program. Lou was also dealing with students who were in a situation of precarity, who were discriminated by the white American society because they were whether black, Hispanic, Latino, or living in poverty. And both of Lou and her students have succeeded to demolish, to deprogram this banking concept of education. In every lesson, she tries to push them to do an, an analysis of a text by asking them questions and by listening to their answers and different interpretations. And they both have a discussion. The discussion in this case is, is not one-sided. It's not about Lou, the teacher, talking to her students. It's both of them talking both of them exchanging and communicating. The character of this teacher in this film is no longer the only thinker in here, in this case, and in this film, the teacher is no longer the only one who thinks, is no longer the only thinker. The students are no longer objects who are passively listening. Both of them think, criticize, and analyze. And this method, this way of teaching is the opposite of the banking concept of teaching. And this more liberating, more free way of teaching that Lou, the teacher in the film, uses, this is what Paulo Freire called the problem-posing concept of education and teaching, who is the solution to a liberating education and a liberating way of learning and teaching according to him. So the bad 
way of teaching the bad education, the bad concept. In here is the banking concept, concept I mean of education. And the solution to it is the problem posing concept of education and way of teaching. And this is what Lou, who is this teacher in this film, uses. She is more of a teacher who uses this problem posing type of education and teaching because she, she constantly keeps asking her students questions before giving them the information. The lesson starts with questions and they both criticize it, criticizes, I mean, criticize it, analyze it and discuss it. The problem posing concept of education teaching of learning is the ultimate solution. Why? Because it is an act of cognition. When we use the problem posing concept in education, it's, it's, education is no longer about transferring information passively to students. It is a learning situation in which both of the teacher and the students learn and teach each other, in which the teacher becomes the cognizable object and the students become the cognitive actors. They are, when we say cognitive, it means that they are capable of using their cognitive capacities. And the problem posing education in this case is dialogical. There is a dialogue, there is a discussion between the students and the teacher. It's no longer about only the teacher is talking while the students are listening. It is a dialogical, a two-sided dialogue, a way of teaching, way of learning, and way of educating. And it also becomes a dialogical program, a dialogical relationship. It is, I mean, this, this, problem-posing type of education is the practice of freedom, and this is what we want. We want a liberating type of education, a liberating way of learning and teaching to both of the students and the teacher, where, where both are going to be, where both are going to be given space to peacefully teach and learn. And they both learn and they both teach each other. In this case, the teacher is no longer the only one who teaches, but the one who is himself taught in dialogue with the students. He also or she also learns. And who in turn, while being taught, also teach. They both, students and teachers, become jointly responsible of a process in which all grow, all learn. And, and in this problem-posing type of education, arguments based on authority are no longer varied. I mean, are no longer valid. In order to function, authority must be on the side of freedom, not against it and not against the freedom of students in the class. No one teaches another, nor is anyone self-taught. It's more of a situation where people teach people, mediated 
by the word and an educational program that was chosen by the teachers, the educators, and the Ministry of Education, and also by taking in consideration the students' consultation and point of view because they are the one, I mean, the ones concerned by this program. Before leaving you with this music, I would like to remind you to please consider reading this book, Pedagogy of the Oppressed by Paulo Freire. And uh, um, I will leave you with this song, who is a part of the soundtrack of the movie Dangerous Minds. You probably are familiar with this song. It's called Gangsta's Paradise by Coolio. And please, uh, don't skip it. Pay attention to what the dude is saying. Got me chasing dreams I'm an educated fool with money on my mind Got my tin in my hand and a gleam in my eye I'm a low out gangster, set tripping banker And my homies is down, so don't arouse my anger Fool, death ain't nothing but a heartbeat away I'm living life do a die. What can I say? I'm 23 now, but will I live to see 24? The way things are going, I don't know
everybody's running But half of them ain't looking, it's going on in the kitchen But I don't know what's cooking They say I got to learn, but nobody's here to teach me If they can't understand it, how can they reach me? I guess they can't, I guess they won't, I guess they front That's why I know my life is out of luck, fool Just bring me more stuff.